I think that it happens a lot. And as I started to speak to more and more of the Hessel clients, you know, everybody has a different situation going on. And the thing that I've tried to get across to everybody is that I understand that in this business, sometimes we can feel like we're on our own. Mike check. Good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth growth is the online hustlers podcast with your host Esteban Andrade Every day I'm hustling. what's going on everyone that is actually listening to these special episodes of the online hustlers podcast for real estate entrepreneurs and in this special episode that today we're going to bring you first I want to make sure that you take about 60 seconds to leave a review on the podcast itself It's in Spotify, it's in Apple Podcasts, it's in YouTube. It takes only a few seconds to actually help everyone else, telling everyone else how great this episodes and how great this podcast is. So again, it only takes about six seconds. Leave us a review if you found any value. Uh, go back to the previous episodes where we've shared tons of seven-figure and eight-figure nuggets. Um, if you are lost in the wholesaling space, It's for you. If you are starting in the wholesaling space, it's for you. If you are already experienced in the wholesaling space, this is for you. If you are looking to scale to multiple seven figures or eight figures, this is also for you. There's every single episode we put together something for valuable for you. And here today, um, I'm going to be introducing you to a closer that has been closing Inside of Hustle Media, he started as a client um, that used to work for another client, but now he is continuing with his own business uh, inside of Hustle Media uh, or Motivated Seller Online. And his name is Jesse Bush. I have him here in right next to my screen. Uh, thank you for coming here today, man. I love your background everything that you got there, all the decor and everything. You got a great stuff, a great setup there. Um, but I, I'm just really, I'm really lucky to have you here. So um, can you please tell everyone who you are, kind of like in a very 30-second elevator pitch? Real sure. Quick. Yeah, how's it going, man? Uh, my name is Jesse Bush. I live in York, Pennsylvania, uh, which is a small town just outside of like about 45 minutes north of Baltimore, about an hour and a half uh, to the west of Philadelphia. And ironically, I live about a mile away from one of your most recent guests, uh, Eric Brewer. And uh, I got started in sales about 22 years ago. And it wasn't anything to do with real estate. Um, <clears throat> I worked my way through that and chose that as a career. Uh, I stayed doing it for 14 years. And then I got out of that and took a little bit of time to kind of find myself During the pandemic, like a lot of people, uh, I kind of found wholesaling almost by accident. I was walking my dogs one day and uh, some a neighboring house, they were kind of renovating it. And I just asked what was going on. And uh, the guy that 
came out to talk to me was actually a guy that had just started up a wholesaling company, had started it pretty recently. And uh, they were starting to try and expand and they didn't really have anybody to handle like dealing with cold call leads uh, and things like that. And he asked, would I be interested in coming in? I uh, went in, fell in love with the business. And like a lot of people, you know, you find it by accident and you work it on purpose. And that's what I did. Um, stayed with those guys for a couple of years. And then they went through some business changes themselves with their partnership. And they chose to kind of go some separate directions. And at that point, I felt uh, it was best for me to continue on my journey solo. So I signed right back up with Hessel Media. And uh, about a week into it, I was already closing deals on my own. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So just for people know a little bit of the numbers. So you uh, came in, you were closing a few deals for this company. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't, we, there was a conflict on, on, you know, who should stay, what, what, what should be done, whatever. And they ended up not working with us anymore. And we, even though they're still very welcome, now we're, we're continuously working also with you. Yep. And, uh, uh, but the important thing is that you close for them and yep. also now you're closing for yourself. And yep. the last, ever since you started, how many, how many contracts have you locked up so far? Just through Hessel? Just through Hessel, yeah. I would say probably around between 13 to 15. Okay, 13, 15. And when you started your own campaign, how long have how many how many have you have you actually locked up? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just since I've been solo with uh, Hessel, I've done between like 13 and 15. I'm oh. well past, you know, uh, I'm, I'm into the hundreds of deals probably at this point. Okay. I, I had, I had no idea about that specifically. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's awesome. So not only you are a great case study, but now you're going to be helping our, our students, our, our clients, our members yeah. in our community elevate in the sales in the sales piece mode, all right? As a sales, as a sales coach, as a sales mentor, and you are literally in in what I've seen, the top one percent of closers that are out there in this game. But that doesn't come by itself, and didn't come by you trying to figure out a few courses or or just taking a few trainings here and there. It was just like days, weeks months years of repetition of doing it and flexing that muscle like essentially like working that muscle uh so you you're able to see things in a different perspective and when you're diagnosing businesses you would diagnose them in in the top of the funnel which is like once marketing happens what's the very first thing that they actually go through which is the conversations that they have with this with these prospects with these leads right yep so um uh, obviously, you're coming here, you have 20 plus years of experience in sales, and you have done a few consulting, you have done speaking uh, speaking gigs about it, you've done uh, several work on the sales conversion side. Yeah. And it all goes and ties down as to why you've had over 10 contracts in such a short period of time relatively, with such a, which, such a small budget too, right? Yeah. Um, it's not like you're spending a crazy amount of budget, like 
you're no, um, I have a I have a, a phenomenal return on my investment. <laughs> phenomenal. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. so far this month, I think we have uh, I, I I say we because I'm so used to speaking like that, but so far this month, I believe uh, for the month of April, I am at five contracts uh, right now. And a few of them are deals. I know two of them at least are deals that are going to be six figure deals. Let's get it. And um, so tell me more about those type of deals that we're finding from online marketing uh, and that you have to deal with, like the type of people that you have to deal with, the type of conversations that you had had to deal with. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it goes back to kind of my basic principles of selling and uh, and kind of what I was taught from a very young and early age. Uh, I started off in sales when I was 18. And at that point in time, there was no, uh, you know, internet that I could just browse to look for things. So I had to kind of get creative. Uh, it was a lot of tapes, like flipping A side to B side because most cars didn't have CD players in them. And it was a lot of books and things like that. And I learned then that a lead is a lead. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Um, so like anybody else, I deal with a lot of the same things. I, I deal with people that are just looking to try and get some information about what the property might be worth. I deal with some people that are telling me that, you know, they were considering calling a realtor uh, and, you know, they're looking more towards like a full retail price type of, of deal. Uh, I have some folks that are calling me that, you know, or that fill out the information and say they've dealt with other wholesaling companies in the area and they chose not to go with them, but I was able to get them under contract. And it's really every situation can be different. So in my opinion, a lot of that goes back to selling is not what you do to someone. It's what you do for someone. Yeah. So I'm offering, you know, my service, my expertise, my abilities uh, through conversations with these folks to hopefully provide them with enough good information to where they can make a decision that I'm going to be their best choice to not only sell the property to, but also to, to be trusted to handle a pretty big decision in most people's lives. Yeah, no, it's it's extremely, extremely important that you position yourself the, uh, at the beginning, very, big, very beginning of this because you have had to deal with um, unrealistic sellers or sellers that are uh, erratic or sellers that are not acting as normal or not as easy to talk to as would someone think that a motivated seller would just give away your the property to you just because they have some sort of pain which is not true like for example i'm just going to give you a simple example if you are motivated to buy my facebook ads or to buy my google ads uh because you have a pain point on lead generation that doesn't mean that you're just gonna like drop the money right there and give me pay, you know, give me your credit card right away just because I have the solution in place, right? It doesn't mean that because you have that pain point that you don't have leads or that your business may die in the next month, doesn't mean that they're gonna give it to me, right? That doesn't mean that the conversation is not gonna be tough. The person is gonna have limited beliefs, uh, mindset beliefs. It's gonna have, it's gonna need to, Understand that you're the right individual. And maybe Facebook doesn't work for you. Google is the one. Maybe Google doesn't work for you. Facebook is the one. So we're giving it as that example. Uh, it's the same concept where, look, we have a lot of cash offers that wholesalers are looking for. But that's not the end goal. The end goal is like, 
how do you help the seller that has some sort of motivation to actually get some sort of solution, right? And each seller has a different need, right? Each seller has gone through different experiences or have had different type of conversations, maybe bad conversations, maybe bad experiences, right? So you are uh, coming in uh, very seasoned in the sales industry and you're able to really understand that. So let's dive in into a few things and as to why you would be a great coach, first of all, for people, sure. how you help other people, um, and like how, you know, the type of things that you've been able to do um, for them. So you were... You were telling me, uh, you were telling us here that um, you started your career in sales for just because you were put here in 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 Earth to buy and sell things, or like why you started the career in sales? Yeah. So what happened was, uh, I, I always tell people that it's like I feel like I was put on this Earth just to buy and sell stuff because it's what kind of is my my spark. It's what really kind of makes me into my happy place and gives me the warm and fuzzies on the inside. But uh, what happened was when I was 18 years old, uh, I was a senior in high school. I got in a little bit of trouble, uh, like a lot of high schoolers do. And it was immediately like, you need to find a job. And uh, I was, you know, just kind of a stupid teenager that was more worried about hanging out with my friends. And back then we had newspapers. I opened the newspaper and the first ad that I saw said, are you over 18 years old, like listening to loud music and working with the opposite sex? F yes, call now. So I called and I was like, hey, I'm calling to get the job to listen to music and work with women. And they were like, you sound exactly like what we're looking for. Please come down and fill out an application. It had nothing to do with listening to music, nothing to do with uh, talking to women. It was a door-to-door -door sales job. And uh, I didn't really even know that it was doing door-to-door -door sales until my third day doing it. And at that point, I had been exposed to a lot of buying and selling. Um, I grew up kind of out in the country and we went to like a lot of like livestock auctions and things like that. And it always fascinated me when I was a kid because the real deals happened off the auction floor. And you'd see these farmers with just bags full of cash exchanging for different types of animals, you know, uh, different types of, um, all, all sorts of things, really, uh, whether it was, whether it was, you know, things that were related to uh, tractors, combines, uh, you know, hay balers, all sorts of stuff. And yeah. from that, I kind of started to realize that these guys are like having fun and that there weren't like tense negotiations. They were enjoying it, but they enjoyed the process. So as I kind of started off, I kind of embraced it and I wanted to go all in on it. And I tried to learn as much information as I could. And that was kind of where I got my start. Uh, I was really motivated and I was eager to learn. I was eager to do well. And fortunately, I had some really great mentors that helped me to kind of get to some success uh, very early on and to feel like I was actually doing a really good job. And from that, that gave me the confidence to kind of start to move forward and to start to expand my own knowledge base and have more confidence in myself. And as my confidence grew, so did my income. And that kind of was the start of my journey. And, and I haven't looked back really since then. Yeah, I love that. So um, you started in the real estate space and understanding a few things. Uh, what, what would you say that, um, what were the things that you knew 
already with all your experience, new in the new in the game, right? Um, that you see a lot of people that are maybe one year in the game, two years in the game that still have um, they still struggle with. Like, what are those things that they continue they still struggle with? They don't get past that. That you, with all the experience that you've had, um, you understood. It changes the way that you operate, changes the way that you actually take sales calls and changes the way that you actually talk to sellers. What are the one of the few things that if, if someone has struggling for a little bit, they currently have that you already understood and mastered? I would say the biggest one for me that makes a huge difference is I don't prejudge anything. I don't care what the address is. I don't care if their name is Bill, Sue, Tom, Joe or something I can't even pronounce. I just want a phone number and somebody to answer the phone. If I can get on the phone with them, I can figure everything else out at that point. Uh, and and that's, the that's the honest, best advice I can give people is stop looking for reasons that, you know, you don't want to be motivated to call that lead and start looking for, get me on the phone with as many people as possible. Because you don't know what lead's going to turn into a deal. I had a deal recently where it was in our local market. We don't really deal with a lot of mobile homes, especially older ones. And I had a deal recently um, about an hour and 20 minutes away from me where I got the lead in and I was on my phone. I was on my cell phone. I was out of, the, uh, out of my office and I just happened to see what it was. And I clicked on it to see what a street view of it looked like. And it was this crappy old trailer. Uh, I mean, just look beat up and busted. Like it just came out of a war. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh man, like this is just a bad lead. And I stopped myself and I said, what are you doing? Come on. You know, better than this, get on the phone, get to the situation. Let's figure it out. I called the guy and I said, uh, as soon as he picked up, I was like, Hey, I was calling, you know, I got your information from the lead that you'd submitted on Facebook. And I said, so it looks like this is a, a mobile home. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. Google just never drives down our, our road. He said, that's old. That trailer got ripped out of there five years ago. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah, I'm talking about the three-bedroom, two-bathroom house that sits behind it. And I was like, I can't even see a picture of this house. And he kind of told me the situation and was like, you know, uh, explaining to me that he was trying to relocate. It wasn't his primary residence anymore. And I was able to kind of figure uh, out what was going on exactly with the property and, and with the specific situation. And we ended up turning it into a wholesale deal where it was a $35,000 assignment. Uh, and that was based off of a lead that I almost prejudged and didn't want to call. And as I start to, as I start to speak to a lot of people in the industry, it seems like that's kind of a common theme where so many people have developed this mindset and this attitude that people are tire kickers, which that word personally kind of drives me crazy. They're not tire kicking anything. They clicked intentionally on an ad on Facebook because they've considered or they're considering selling a property. So the difference isn't whether or not they're serious about it. It's your ability to, to close the deal. So instead of looking for reasons why something couldn't work, let's always look for reasons why something can work. And it's kind of just broadening off your mindset, broadening out your mindset to have more of an abundance mindset where I want as many leads as I can possibly get. I'll figure out the good ones from the bad ones, but let me get on the phone with those people first. Okay. And what other situations have you um, 
how you found the exact same scenario. Is, can you think of any, or maybe a student or, or, or a client of ours or anyone that you've spoken with that'd be like, holy, like I literally missed out in this opportunity for just literally not taking action and calling. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of those types of situations. They happen to a lot of people. Um, you know, selling is not anything more than just your ability to, you know, control a conversation to end up at a final destination or a final point that was your desired outcome from the beginning. So I think that it happens a lot. And as I started to speak to more and more of the Hessel clients, you know, everybody has a different situation going on. And the thing that I've tried to get across to everybody is that I understand that in this business, sometimes we can feel like we're on our own. But just because you're on your own does not mean that you're alone, which is what I love about Hessel Media is that there's such a organic team atmosphere between the client success managers, uh, yourself, and all the people in the background that you don't see on a day-to-day -day basis, that it's not like a person's out there just by themselves. And as I started to speak to some more of the clients, you know, everybody has a different situation going on. Uh, one client had a couple deals that they were, you know, really, really close to being able to get locked up. And their biggest uh, concern was he said, I just don't know how I'd be able to disposition all of them in 10 days. And I was like, well, why would you have to do it in 10 days? And he said, well, that's, that's what I thought I was supposed to say. I said, I do 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. I'll do whatever I need to. And it was like, you could literally see his mind just get blown from the expansion of his thought process. Cause he was like, I had no idea that I didn't have to close within 10 days. And I was like, yeah, man, you can set the, you set the, the standard that you want. So a lot of it's really not what someone says. And I'm trying to help them learn that it's how they say it. I could say to you, Esteban, you know, we'd love to give you a cash offer and we can close in as little as 10 days. That's one way to say it. Or I could say, Esteban, I might be able to come up in my offer and get you exactly that number that you're hoping to get close to only under the condition that you promise to be able to close in 60 days. Like within 60 days, I don't want to hear you saying, hey, I need two more weeks. It's again, all how I'm going to control that conversation. The same as how you can change any sentence around and give it different meaning. You can do the exact same thing with sellers uh, all the time. You can do it in any situation. It's just learning how to properly uh, control a conversation so that you can get to the point where you want it to be, which is usually a sale. I love that, man. Um, one of the few things that we want to tackle inside of the agency is that people are investing a lot in themselves. Like they already are investing in themselves. They have some sort of, hey, risk tolerance about I'm going to go do an, a marketing channel that is not as cheap as uh, cold calling. It's not as operational as cold calling for sure, but it's not as cheap as cold calling or SMS marketing. Um, but there's still a few different, um, uh, a, a different type of mindset issues that we still fall, fall through. There is no patience on the lead conversion process or, uh, or just the lead gen lead conversion process and, and closing all these deals. Uh, there's a lot of shiny object. Um, people uh, also don't really fully understand how to properly follow up with people and talk to people. And also, um, we see that there is not much education on how to properly solve 
the people the, the leads needs rather than what they think that they should do for the leads which is mostly most of the time wholesaling flipping right so not being able to really really address their needs and find a way to fulfill for those needs we're talking here different exit strategies or different creative ways of making the deal happen right like you said yourself hey like this guy was limiting himself in 10 days but you can do 30 days and 60 days that's just like once one limiting belief that a lot of people have so we're going to be working on that within the community right but why do you think that all like all these things happen like is it like more of like experience I, what i think a lot of it I, I mean i didn't mean to interrupt you there i think a lot of it is several things um i think that a lot of people see the opportunity Everybody in life dreams of having an independent life where you're not uh, bur burdened or beholden to a time clock, to going to the plant and clocking in and clocking out, or even if it's a salary position. Uh, yesterday, I was on the phone with someone that's a pediatrician. Uh, so she obviously went to school, went to medical school, became a doctor, and has had a, an entire career as a doctor. Yet she's saying the exact same things. I want some more independence. I want, you know, the income that come, can come with it. But unfortunately for a lot of people, in my opinion, selling is not something that just comes naturally to people. And it's almost like salespeople have gotten this like boogeyman uh, type of reputation over the years. Whereas I try and dispel those myths. I'm not there for just a quick buck from a sale. I mean, selling is a transfer or of a feeling or an emotion. And in order to sell anything, you have to be sold yourself. I'm fully sold that when Jesse Bush goes to an appointment or gets on the phone with somebody, I am their best, most viable, honest solution that they're going to come across that day. And because of that conviction in myself, it's easy to transfer that feeling to the, the seller because I want them to feel the exact same way about the transaction that I go into it feeling. But I understand that that has to go through several steps. So I approach every selling situation like my primary job is to go in there to help them make a decision either make a decision to sell me the property or make a decision not to sell me the property. But we're going to come to a decision because yes or no is still a decision being made. So that's what I look for personally. I look to see how I can get in there and just find a way to, to build rapport, make a friend and all those types of things that are important. But after that, I think that a lot of it really boils down to the conversations that you have with people. Uh, folks like to be spoken to on the level that they operate. And if someone is comfortable and they feel as though I'm genuine and sincere, they usually will reciprocate that back to me. And they'll tell you a lot of things that maybe you didn't even ask for. In most situations, they'll tell you exactly how to sell them. Uh, you just have to be willing to sit there and, and listen and pay attention so that as that information comes in, you can grab it out of the air and store it in your brain to be using it the entire time throughout the closing process. And uh, all right, so let's talk about people. Let's talk people different stages. All right, if someone is new to the industry, all right, and they uh, they maybe done a few cold calls and SMS, they tried to maybe close a few deals, or maybe they're close to close a few deals. Um, so 
they're new to the industry, right? Yeah. And um, they're, they're willing to do online marketing. But their experience with any other marketing, apart from online marketing, is not as... It's not as great. It's not, he doesn't have, he or she doesn't have too much experience. Um, what, what would you say that these people need to, uh, what are the action items or the things they need to do um, yeah. when they haven't done any, not much marketing yet? Yeah. So I would say the first and the most important thing to, to remember is that everyone is a person. You know, uh, I know that you are in Miami and I'm in Pennsylvania, but if I was to go out on a, a crazy stretch of my imagination, I bet that when you woke up this morning, you didn't jump into your pants. Nobody like, you know, jumps out of their bed and suddenly has all of their clothing on. I put my shoes on one foot at a time. I put my pants on one leg at a time. So if you're brand new and you've never done sales before, I understand how intimidating that can be especially calling someone that you've never spoken to, you've never talked to before, all of that. So the first thing that I try and get across to them is let's take a script and let's start to actually work on that script. And the reason why is because confidence is one thing that can make up for a lot of other things. So even though you may not have a ton of knowledge, if you're confident in what you're going to say, then you're automatically going to approach the situation a lot better. I look at a lot of things in life kind of like if I saw a pretty woman standing there and someone or a friend of mine said, go up and talk to her. It's harder for me to go up and just start talking to her blind if I don't know her. But if I know her name, some of her interests, where she's from, things like that, the conversation rolls a lot easier because I'm more confident in what I'm going to say. So the exact same is true when you're talking to a brand new person. The more confidence that that person has, the more likely they are going to be to feel confident about themselves and what they're saying on the phone. In fact, for myself, when I was brand new in wholesaling, uh, the guy that kind of I, I met walking my dogs, a guy named Dave Heisen, uh, I went in and was supposed to have a quick interview with him. It turned into anything but. Uh, but then he had his partner come in, Isaac, and Isaac kind of talked to me for a few minutes and said, listen, it seems like you kind of understand the sales side of things. Jump on a phone and see what happens. I didn't have a script. I didn't necessarily know exactly what to say. And the first person that they were having me call was kind of a layup deal, to be honest with you. It was a deal that Isaac had already kind of been negotiating back and forth with the guy. He already had a buyer for it lined up. Um, and he had it at a certain price where they were making a pretty good margin. It would have been about a $20,000 assignment fee, uh, almost $25,000. And he said, Hey, jump on the phone with this guy. So I called the guy, not knowing what to say, not knowing how to say it. And after 30 minutes, I had gotten the price reduced another $30,000. We still already had it dispoed. So we went from a $25,000 assignment to a $55,000 assignment. And uh, it was so funny because as I was getting off the phone with the guy, he said, you know, I really appreciate you calling me. I can tell that you've been doing this for a really long time. You're just so confident in everything that you're saying. I didn't sit there and say, actually, this is the first time I've ever done this in my life, sir. But it was. And that confidence is what really can propel a brand new person from down here where they're new, nervous and scared to feeling like they're up here on top of cloud nine. 
And that comes from a little bit of patience uh, as far as being willing to understand you don't know everything. So you want to try and learn as much as you can. It comes from being willing to commit to yourself that I'm not going to accept failure. I'm going to give it my best effort. I'm going to try and do as best as I can. And ultimately, then it comes down to action. You know, there's nothing that's going to teach you better than just getting on there and doing it. I love that. Um, and if someone is still trying to find their first deal, right, and they've been in the industry for a bit, right? Yeah. Um, so they've been in the industry, they've been tapping it, uh, dabbling into the industry. Um, like, what have you seen that has worked? Uh, and what have you seen that they're still like stuck on? Or like, what what should potentially should they try differently? What should they believe in differently, or or uh, learn differently, or do differently? Yeah, I think a lot of that boils down to attitude. To be honest with you, because everybody has an attitude that they approach things with, right? So if we can control our mindset and we can control our mental state of mind, we're usually able to accomplish and do things that we never even dreamed possible. I mean, everybody's heard stories about crazy survival stories where somebody survived out in the wilderness or out in the woods or the desert for two, three, four weeks, you know, without food, sometimes without water, sometimes having to do horrible things just to stay alive. But their mindset never let them accept death. Their mindset never let them accept defeat. And a lot of times that's the one thing that we have to teach folks is that you have to have the mindset that you can do this because social proof is one thing, being able to show somebody, hey, I just did this and now this is why, you know, this is what came from it. But when somebody's brand new, they may not have that social proof. And I always try and tell people, your brain is the, the largest, most used, least exercised muscle for a lot of people. So a lot of controlling your attitude is based off what you pump into your brain, not just what you're putting out of your mouth. So you want to constantly be taking in the good things, um, things that can help you. And that can be from a number of different things. There's so many free resources. You know, I would tell people to, to watch older videos, newer videos. There's great people out there like Alex Hermosi uh, that has tons of great content as far as like social media stuff. If I was telling you to, to go get a book, I'd tell you to, you know, Robert Kiyosaki or Zig Ziglar, one of those guys. If you want to go with somebody older, if you want to find somebody newer, go ahead and do that. Um, but really controlling your mental mindset and your attitude is what's going to get you to where you need to be. Because in my opinion, a positive mental attitude can move mountains. And in this type of business, PMA equals OPM, which means positive mental attitude equals other people's money. So if we're out here to get the money and we're out here to try and solve sellers issues and their problems, but we're doing it for an end result, then I need to be able to control everything that's going on upstairs uh, because that's, again, my most valuable asset. Yeah. So and if if let's say someone is doing just sporadic deals, but but they're just doing a few deals a month, what do you think is happening? Like, do you think that there's just. The consistency is not there. Maybe that they haven't built something like a system specific that make make it make it have some sort of consistency, or 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 is there is, is there any limiting belief out there that is not allowing them to just 
unlock that more deals every month or just at least one every month and then two every month what's happening with those people that did just do a lot of sporadic deals yeah i i think that there's a lot of things that can go into that um i think the one biggest one is people can sit there and watch videos all day long they can study the tapes of the masters or, or the cds or audio files or mp3s whatever it is nowadays whatever they're called. Um, you can study that stuff all day long, but until you actually start to do it, you're not going to be able to even track your metrics to see where your consistency is at. And a lot of times it all boils down to personal accountability and action. If you're willing to be personally accountable to yourself and your business and the money that you're spending on a monthly basis, and then match that with just as much, if not more action, you usually will start to see results, in my opinion. Although, uh, what I would say that I see from speaking to a lot of Hessel's clients and folks that are brand new to people that have been doing this actually longer than I have, is that the one thing that I feel is kind of missing in the industry and in the space is everybody's becoming very accustomed to grabbing the low-hanging fruit. So it's like, it's easy for anybody to get that deal where you look it up in the ARVs, 350,000, and it says on the lead that the buyer or the seller wants 200,000. No brainer. You know what I mean? But that's only going to happen once a month, you know, maybe twice a month. I'm not going to be able to create the lifestyle that I want based off of the exception and not the rule. My rule is I close 33%. I usually average about one out of three leads that I can get on the phone and have a conversation with. I can close that into a profitable deal for myself. Uh, and that's been my sales statistics for the last 20 years across several different industries. It doesn't really change. And good salespeople are able to do that. And in my opinion, what a lot of times happens is Folks come in, they see, you know, some uh, videos, some ads, some TikTok videos of guys talking about wholesaling, you know, oh, I did six deals and I made $85,000. And they're like, that sounds great. I want to do that. But there's not that much low hanging fruit in some markets. So you have to be able to learn how to close and you have to be able to, closing is not really waiting until the end and then saying, so Esteban, are we going to do business or not? Closing is from the second that I get to that person's house to, for the appointment or from the second they pick up the phone, I'm closing and they just don't realize it because I'm using persuasive selling techniques the entire time. So I'm not just going to ask Esteban, so Esteban, why are you selling the house? And he says, well, you know, to be honest, now that my kids are grown, my daughter's living in Florida and my son's in you know, Georgia, and I'd just like to be a little closer to them. I see tons of people that are like, oh, okay. And they think that's exploiting the pain point. Whereas for me, at every step, when I'm looking through the house, when they're showing me the living room, when we're looking in the bedroom, I'm going to be bringing those things back up because I'm not just there for the immediate sale. I'm there to sell the benefits of them getting rid of this property to me. So as we go through the property and I'm talking to them, I might say something to the effect of, Esteban, I noticed the crack that you had behind you in the wall there. That seems like a pretty big deal. I'm guessing that you don't want to deal with that, right? He's going to say no. And I'm going to say something to the effect of, and Esteban, could we both agree that in order to get top dollar for the house, when we do choose to sell it, we are going to have to fix that crack, aren't we? 
And Esteban, that would cost us a lot of money, I'm sure. And Esteban, it seems like your mind isn't really in this house and dealing with the problems anymore because our heart's already residing down in Florida where your, your daughter and your grandkids are. And really, that's our main objective, isn't it here, Esteban? I mean, sure, we want to obviously get as much as we can for the house, but let's not forget why we're doing it, because we want to get down to Florida as fast as possible. Anyways, can you show me the rest of the place? I'm going to be asking them all sorts of probative questions the entire time I'm going through any process. And that's the exact same if I'm on the phone. I'm going to be doing the exact same thing, because I know that if I can get 100 easy yeses out of them during the time that I'm on the phone with them. When it comes down to me saying, Esteban, I understand that you wanted 200,000 and you understand that I'm probably nowhere close to that. But if I could get you as much money as possible to where I can try and put every penny that I can into your pocket, would there be any logical reason that you wouldn't sell me the house today so that you can get with those grandkids down in Florida and see your son that's living in Georgia? Again, I want to be suggestively selling the entire time because if I can get him to say yes, 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 at the very end, it's easy to get a yes. But what I see a lot of times is even when people start to be able to do that, they get that first no and it shuts them down. They're just like, no, nope, he said no. That's where it ends. Whereas with me, I've always looked at it differently. No does not mean no. It just means that they do not know enough to make a valid decision yet. So if I give them more pertinent information, more suggestive selling questions, more probative questions, and I fact find and gather enough information to give them a little bit more, I've now earned the right to ask for that sale or that order or that purchase again. So if he says no to me, that's not where the conversation stops. That's where it starts because then I can actually start to address the objection that he may come up with. Wow. So in my opinion, we got to start teaching people how to sell. You know, they always said you sell the sizzle, not the steak. Yeah. And the sizzle is all the great things that I can try and provide for a person, whether they're in their mind or in reality, that's what I'm there to do. I'm there to make it a fun, enjoyable, exciting, and very smooth process for them. Who are your mentors in sales so far? Oh, gosh, there's been so many, man. Um, you know, I would have to go all the way back to like 20. So when I was 18, I was really fortunate. I got to hear some great people uh, live and in person and also, you know, on tapes and things like that. A huge one for me was Zig Ziglar. Um, he's long since deceased. But Zig always talked a whole lot about suggestively selling to somebody, that it's easy to get them to say yes if they feel like it's their own idea. So a lot of when you hear me speak, and it's funny because some of the account managers for Hessel have started to read some of the older stuff, or and you've uh, obviously exposed the, some of those guys to that stuff. And I was on a call a few days ago, and uh, one of the account managers was like, man, you sound just like a Zig Ziglar tape. And I was like... Well, that's not by accident. I mean, that's the guy that I used to just bring in as much information from him as I possibly could. Uh, in addition to him, a huge one for me was a guy named Clayton Bradford. He's not nearly as well known. He uh, was a national sales guy, but this was at a time before there was really, you know, the, uh, the access to all the web and, and the internet and things. But what he really did for me was he got me to start thinking on a bigger scale. And his mantra was, if you think big, you act big and you get big. 
because mm -hmm. everybody's heard that saying out there of fake it till you make it. But yeah. I'm not a fake person. I'm like one of the most real and authentic people I try to be that I possibly can. So what Clayton always talked about was you don't have to fake anything. You just have to think bigger. You have to go for a grander scale. If your goal was supposed to be 20 deals this year, double it. If you wanted to do five deals this month, go for 10. And what he taught me through that process was that, you know, the world is your oyster. I mean, literally, we live in a land and at a time where there's infinite opportunity available to us. Shame on us if we don't take advantage of it. And it really kind of broadened my horizon and opened my mind to the fact that I can achieve anything I want to. I just have to put my mind to it first. You know, I believe it was uh, Dale Carnegie that said, uh, the body can achieve what the mind will believe. And I could be wrong on that. It might have been somebody else. But it's just, it's such a true statement. You know, if you put your mind to something and you're committed to it and failure is not an option, then you're going to succeed. Kind of like if I was to tell somebody, hey, listen, I have your family kidnapped in my basement and they're being held at gunpoint. And if you don't find a way to go buy a house today, you know, you're never going to see them again. I guarantee you, every one of you would be able to go out there and find a house to buy. The reason why is because the consequence was severe enough. So when the reward and the consequence are so high, you're going to be able to achieve a lot of things. And I kind of approach my day-to-day -day life in that same manner. You know, my consequence is failure, not having enough uh, money to live the lifestyle that I want and be able to travel and do the things that I want to do. So that's my you know, consequence. And because of that, I'm willing to put all the action behind it that I need to, to ensure that that doesn't become my reality. I love that. Um, have you ever had uh, conversations with flippers that come into this game? They never really done uh, direct to seller and they've just been relying with wholesalers on health on wholesalers bringing in them deals right they never had a direct seller conversation or done any marketing paid for marketing or whatever um but they know their numbers and stuff like that what are the few things that uh, flippers definitely need to know so that they change from being uh, that operator to actually starting uh, a, a successful wholesale business that is a marketing and sales organization? Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you know, I, I do some flips. I'm, I'm, I've got three flips going on currently. Um, so I look at the whole idea of wholesaling as to be my profitable pipeline. Mm -hmm. Um, because let's be honest, if, and this is for people that are out there flipping homes, if you could flip a house, and make a $60,000 profit, or you could flip that exact same house, do the exact same work and make a $100,000 profit, you would do it. In fact, if you could flip that same house and do a $100,000 profit and possibly discharge or get rid of three or four homes in the exact same time that you could make a 15, 10 or $20,000 profit on, the only thing you're doing is increasing your revenue. You're not really doing a whole lot more work behind it. So why would you not want to? Um, so what I would try and tell a flipper is it's real simple. It boils down to the numbers, you know, numbers don't lie. People do. And the, the fact is, is that this is just a lead generation source. So I kind of look at life and this business, everything as like, it's a big lake. And I'm not going to constrict 
How many tributaries can flow into my lake? I want as many as possible coming in. So it's important to have as many different, you know, outlets or resources dumping information into my lake of deals. And when it comes to flipping a property, I would just say, again, what do you have to lose by either not overloading yourself with work or uh, being able to dispose some of them to people that want to do the work just like you? When I talk to sellers on the phone uh, or in person, I always tell them, I'm going to do one of three things with your property, Esteban. I'm either going to buy it myself, I'm going to renovate it, make it look gorgeous, just like on HGTV. And then we're going to sell that to another person or another family so that they can create decades of memories, just like you and your family got to with this property. The second thing I'm going to do is sometimes we're going to buy a property. We're going to maybe not renovate it quite as nicely, but then we're just going to keep it and rent it out to folks for more of a long-term basis. And then Esteban, sometimes I get so busy because I just want to buy everything I possibly can see. And when that happens, sometimes I get overloaded and folks are like, whoa, Jesse, slow down a little bit. So sometimes I might end up just selling those off to another investor. Either way, Esteban, whatever the price that you and I are going to agree upon today is going to be the price that you're going to get at the closing table, which is the great thing. So it doesn't really matter what I do because you don't care what I do with the property, do you? You just want to make sure you're getting the right amount of money, correct? Yes. Pretty much that simple. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, man, uh, uh, we get also flippers that want to, to, to try wholesaling and going for an easier route of marketing. But the truth is that it might be of an easier route. It might be an easier marketing to generate leads, but the work that goes right after the lead is generated is still the same, right? Yeah. Um, Can I touch on that for a second? Yeah, for sure. So I hope to gosh, nobody is sitting there saying that they want to do something because it's easy. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just say what I really feel like, but F that, you know what I mean? Because listen, Life isn't about necessarily finding the easiest. It's about living to your maximum potential. You know what I mean? It's the same reason why look around the world that you live in. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in Miami or New York or the middle of Kentucky or Illinois or California. There's people that are doing it and succeeding and living their best life. And then there's people that are barely getting by. Yeah. So if you're looking for the easy route, shame on you because that's not what life's about. It's not about embracing the path of least resistance. I never once sat there and said, well, what's the easiest way for me to do something? I'm not necessarily looking to make it the most difficult, but I'm looking to make sure that whatever I'm doing, if I'm going to be putting money into online marketing, if I'm going to do a flip, if I'm going to wholesale a deal, if I'm going to wholesale a deal, if I'm going to novate a deal, I'm going to do it with the absolute most passion that I can muster. Because again, what's your why? What is the reason that you're doing this? If you're just doing it to survive and pay the bills, okay, I mean, good luck. <laughs> Best of luck to you. That's certainly not the life I would ever want to live. You know, I don't, I'm not sitting here trying to become uh, an overnight celebrity. I'm not trying to become a movie star or anything like that. But I certainly want to make sure that my personal bills are paid for years in advance if I stop working, that I have the financial ability to help my family when it's needed or to take the vacation that I've always wanted to take or to buy a new car when I want to buy a new car. And that's what this business is about. It's about it, it's a, a, a business where if we work it intentionally with purpose, 
and we follow some real simple steps along the way, we're able to afford ourselves a lifestyle that most of us never dreamed about. I didn't grow up as a, a multimillionaire or, or in some family that just provided everything under the sun. Uh, my mom struggled. She was a single mom with two boys. I remember hearing the conversations about how expensive sports were. And now that I'm older, I realize and I'm able to look back and think of all the sacrifices that she made as a single mom so that she could provide us a good life. And, uh, you know, shame on someone if they're not willing to pursue their own life with as much passion and as much energy and as much vigor as humanly possible, because we don't know when it's going to end. And I'll be damned if I'm going to sit there. If, if life ended tomorrow for me, I would genuinely sit there and be like, it's been one hell of a wild ride. Like it was great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hope to gosh that everybody can find that same passion with inside themselves because wherever you are in life, you're, you're, 60 days away from being somebody completely different, you know, literally good or bad. I mean, if you became an alcoholic and you, you boozed hard for 60 days, I guarantee you 60 days from now, your life's not going to be nearly what it was today. And if you're some person that's sitting on a couch and hasn't moved for two years and you're 300 pounds overweight, 60 days of good diet and exercise you're not going to be out there running a marathon, but you're certainly going to be feeling a lot better about yourself. You're going to have some new spice of life. So again, get out there and just get after life for, for a change and start really taking possession of who am I, who do I want to be, and what do I need to do to get there? Love that, man. Um, why would you say that, and I, 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 can wrote, I wrote down a few different uh, limiting beliefs that usually people have that they don't realize. You said something important um, earlier that people come in with this understanding that salespeople are boogie, this boogeyman that is just looking to like always sell, take advantage of people. But in reality is that when, once you get into business, you essentially, uh, you turn into a salesperson. Like why? Because a salesperson, uh, sales also translate to helping. Uh, sales also translates to uh, coaching, right? Sell, sales also translate to uh, persuading someone to do what it, what is the best thing for them to do because they haven't realized what's the best thing to do. So ultimately, it translates to different things. Sales also translates to relationship building, building an actual relationship or solving a problem, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and a lot of people, um, and you also mentioned transfer of emotions and a lot of people <clears throat> don't come into the business to start the business without uh, realizing that the first hat that they have to put on is that one of how do i how do i put that sales hat on which translates to all these other things right so they come in with different limiting beliefs about 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 leads about uh, what's going on like the lead is not qualified enough. Uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook has poor quality leads, uh, but they also talk about that, about cold calling. They talk about that, about SMS, um, that uh, people are not interested in selling, that they're just uh, shopping around, or like you said, fire kicking, uh, that they don't have, uh, they, they, they're, not willing to, they're not willing to sell at my own price, and, uh, or, or they don't have the budget if they were buyers. Uh, that they're not the decision maker and they are ultimately 
looking to speak with their with their with their other family members so they don't want to talk about it until they do that they're too busy to talk and they, they don't pick up the phone or or they never pick up the phone or or something the that they don't have enough time uh that that people that have these leads don't have enough time to follow up with my leads because i need to take care of my new leads so there is so many limiting beliefs man that currently people have once they start a business because they don't put their hat sales hat on what would you say is one of the few key key things that people need to do in order to grab that hat put it on start really operating your business from the very beginning as a as a true business owner and um, potentially change the way that that things operate so for me you know i come from a, a little bit of a different sales background where i was more in a position uh to where when i had my own company i had um like a daily morning meeting with people mm. and i would do those things because we had a huge uh it was like three feet high by 20 feet wide banner in my uh, meeting room that said get fired up with get fired up with enthusiasm or you will get fired with enthusiasm mm. and the the reason for that was because again our limiting beliefs we have it's stinking thinking man you know what i mean so we have to find a way to dispel all of the bullshit that we're trying to create for why something can't happen and find ways that it can um so for me the the first thing that i try and teach people is that I want you to focus on just having good quality conversations with somebody. Um, and I, I try to break it down into like a five simple step process that I can start to teach a brand new person. The first one is we just want to have good quality conversations so that we can help these folks make a decision. Uh, the second one is we're going to sell over the short-term and the long-term benefits. So let's not just talk about the here and now, but let's talk about all the benefits that are going to come from whatever that sale may be, a new car, selling the house, buying a cell phone type of things. The third thing is as human beings, we operate off logic and emotion. Our logic is the information that we either have or are getting. And our emotion is the feelings that we get from when we think about things. Um, so I want to teach people to be able to use those things effectively while they're having conversations with sellers. Um, the fourth thing that I try and usually touch on is the idea that you want to be covering objections before they come up. We obviously, you know, here in the industry, people talk about a lot of times they call it like digging for pain points and things like that. But I don't want to just dig for pain points and allow them to just go by the wayside. I'm going to continue to persuasively sell over and over and over, bringing up those same things. And each time I'm going to go through the objections. Uh, for me, I try and make things really, really simple. So I boil it down to what I call the pants which is P-A-N-T-S, which is people typically only have five reasons that they're going to tell you they're not going to sell you the property. They're going to tell you that it's not a priority. They're going to tell you that it's not affordable, meaning like they can't afford uh, to sell it to you at the price that you want to buy it for. They're going to tell you, we're not really in the market. We're just kind of testing the waters and seeing where we fit in. Uh, they're going to tell you, I have to think about it. Or they're going to tell you that they want to speak to a, someone else or a significant other or something like that. So at every step of the process, 
I'm trying to uncover any objections and then cover all five of those things each time. So as I'm going through the process, I'm trying to effectively address those. Why am I saying that for the question that you asked? Well, it, because it goes down to, again, the limiting beliefs. So if we were trying to find all the reasons that we can't do something, that's just horrible thinking. And it's not really something that I'm going to accept, especially if I'm going to be somebody's coach. I'm going to be like, dude, save the bullshit for one of your friends that might believe it. Like, I don't have time for your excuses. But I also understand that as people, we have busy lives and things like that. So the great thing, and I'm not trying to just give Hessel a free plug here, but you know, the great thing is I picked up a deal the other night. Um, I got it Tuesday or Monday, Sunday night, uh, Sunday into Monday. She signed the contract at 12, 10 AM. I got off the phone with her 12 7 AM. Uh, and it was actually an accidental deal. It, it was not something that I intended to do. Uh, and I'll certainly take the deal any day of the week. I took my dogs for a five mile walk or a five mile hike Sunday morning, real early. I love to get out there before the sun comes up. So I'm down in Maryland at Gunpowder Falls hiking. And as I get done the hike, I'm pretty tired and I'm walking back to my truck. And I remembered that I forgot to uh, move a prospect um, from one category to another category in the CRM. Maybe my hands were sweaty. Maybe it was in my pockets. I don't know how, to be honest with you. But the lead got moved from uh, a point or from one category. I don't remember which one. And it got moved to under contract. Mm. So I didn't realize it, didn't know anything about it. I'm sitting eating dinner Sunday night. And all of a sudden I get a text message alert from the CRM. I'm not at my computer. So I opened my phone and I looked at it on my app and it said, I'm looking in my email. I don't see the contract. So I'm like, what, what is this lady talking about? And I was so pissed off because this was a deal that I missed on Tuesday, the week prior. Uh -huh. I even talked about it in the weekly conversion training, how I, I lift. I, so I leave people gifts if they, if they don't choose to go with selling me the property, I leave them a coffee mug with my name and phone number on it. Kind of one of those things, like keeping my name in front of their face. Yeah. So I gave her the gift. I mean, I, I did everything I could and I couldn't get the deal Tuesday when I tried to. She yeah. just would not commit. Didn't matter what I said. Didn't matter if I, I could have offered her a million dollars. She wasn't committing to it. And Sunday night, I'm sitting at a local uh, Italian place. I get a text message and I open it up and it says, I'm looking in my email now. I don't see it. So my first reaction was like, what is she talking about? And then I realized that it got moved to under contract. So I replied and I said, Nancy, I'm so sorry. I did this by accident. I said, but if you're looking for it, why don't I send you a sample agreement? So that way you can see what the numbers look like on paper. And if everything makes sense, you just have to give a few initials. About five minutes later, she responded, that sounds great. I'm out to dinner with my grandson and my son. Do you mind if my son and I look it over when we get home? I said, not a problem. She said, what time is too late to call? I said, I don't go to sleep if the cash register's open, Nancy. I said, I'll be awake until at least two o'clock in the morning. I knew she was an older gal. She's not up till two o'clock. So she responded, LOL, I'll call you when we get back. Yeah. I got a text at 1135 and said, uh, I'm here with my son now. He has a few questions. Do you mind if we call you? I said, by all means, give me a call. Got on the phone with her at 1140. I spoke to him until about 1205. 
And uh, we got off the phone as she was signing it on her iPad on DocuSign and sent it back to me. So, you know, the great thing, and I'm saying all this because the great thing about Hessel is that you have access to a CRM that other people in this industry don't even nearly provide you as much value for. I know because I've used several different ones. Um, some of the people that are, you know, putting out a lot of YouTube videos and have lots of followers, they have CRMs. It does not compare to the, the amount of automation and the amount of backend things that the CRM from Hessel can do for you. And I literally picked up a deal. I'm going to make thousands of dollars on it from an accident, from me walking my dogs on a Sunday morning and maybe sweating too much in my shorts. I don't know how it happened. I don't care how it happened, to be honest with you. I'm just you know, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Um, <laughs> one of one one tactic to reactivate leads from the desk because they have they they get ghost they ghost you yeah. is is sending them a message saying, oh your offer has been expired or your contract has been expired. And, and immediately people will be like, oh, wait, uh, what offer? W what contract? Like, I didn't see anything. And it's a way to like let them know, hey, I had the intention of sending you an offer or a contract, but it was just expired because yeah. we didn't agree on anything. But let me get back in the phone with you and let's agree on something. Right. And, and that's crazy because that's something that we will start doing for our CRM users and our uh, our uh, digital marketing users, because those are reactivation campaigns, right? That, that you can run every month. Um, true, true story. A, a good friend of mine that's involved in wholesaling was trying to get a hold of somebody for months and could not get a hold of them. Tried calling them, sent them postcards, did everything. Uh, skip traced them, knocked on the door, could not get the guy to answer, couldn't get him to call him back. He sends them just a, a blank piece of paper no return address on it, mailed it in, a, in an envelope. And on the inside, it said, you better call me, asshole. Sure as heck, the guy called him and said, what do you, who is this and what do you call me an asshole for? And he, within a few minutes, he had overcome that. He warmed up. Oh, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, it turned into like a $50,000 deal for him. <laughs> so the only reason I say that is because all it is is trying to be as creative as you can, you know, and trying to find ways to, again, I'm not looking for deals. I'm looking for conversations. I'll put the deal together from the conversation. So the one thing that I would also say is so great about the time that we live in and the availability of the technology is like on my personal CRM, um, although I love all the automation, I really like the fact that I can go through in a lot of CRMs, you can do this on, but I love setting up all the message templates because I go through my CRM every week or so, and I'll just blast out text message after text message. Hey, trying to get a hold of you, you know, or, Hey, did you have two seconds to talk? Couldn't get you earlier. Things like that. If they respond, they're now reactive. They're, they're responding to reactive marketing, basically. So they're more likely to, if they respond to that text message and say, what do you mean? Or who is this? If I call them right away, they're probably going to pick up because they just responded to a text message. Or they might say, hey, I can't talk right now. You know, who is this? What's going on? Oh, it's Jesse. I'll give you a call after work. Is 530 good? Yes. You know, I'm going to ask them questions to, again, just get me on the phone with the person. Let me talk to them. I'll figure out the deal from the conversation. 
all I ever look for is a conversation. I don't look for a perfect scenario. Yes, I love that. Well, Jesse, you know what, man? Uh, it's been an amazing uh, time here today. I think that the next time that I have to have you here is uh, in person in Miami. You should definitely come, probably even be a speaker in a few of our events because uh, I think that you can speak. Um, and you will have the podcast as well. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep you up to date on that. Um, we will probably go through sales processes. We'll create here a course here together and everything for people. Uh, we could potentially make part of the course for free so people know exactly how to close for free, right? And, yeah. then, and then they'll what they'll get is like more of like immersive experience with you and us um, so that they actually do do get more value from that, right? Yeah, uh, but I think there is a lot of good things that we can create here. And Jesse, thank you so much for being part of uh, Hustle Media, uh, Hustle Smart, and you're also going to be part of Remote Latinos, which is the Remote Fam. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited about all of it, man. Especially for people that you know, if, if somebody's seeing this podcast and they're uh, they're not part of Hustle Media right now. You know, by all means, if you want to speak to a guy like me, if you want to have access to me on a, a weekly basis, definitely reach out to uh, Esteban and talk about getting signed up for Hessel Media. I can tell you this, as being a person that's been in the industry for a little bit now, uh, I've made lots of money across multiple different sales industries. I, I can't say enough good things. And uh, just about myself to close, I'm not the type of person where, and I've even told you this, Esteban, uh, I'm not the type of person that naturally wants to be on camera and in front of lots of people, but I believe in, in embracing every opportunity. So if you're out there and you're, you're considering getting into wholesaling, but you don't know where to start or you're new and maybe you're struggling and or whatever your situation is, as well as if you're already an existing uh, a person that's been in wholesaling, you have a whole team of people. You have acquisitions, dispositions, people, you have you know, contract processing, you have it all locked up. Um, I still think that there's a lot of ways that we can give you that I personally can give a lot of value. And I think that there's things that I've learned over the, the course of time that are going to be of a benefit to everybody. So I'm really looking forward to working with as many folks as I can. Thank you, man. All right. I appreciate you a lot. Hey, have a good one, brother. All right. Have a good one. And thank you for everyone for listening to this episode. Again, it takes only 60 seconds to give us a review and uh, have a great time closing more deals always be closing all right <laughs> see ya see you man